everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You. And I am here with our special guest, Jade, who is a Trace Penis member. So we've known her for a while. She's been a part of the Trace Penis team. And I'm super excited to chat with her because she just recently accomplished what I believe to be one of the most amazing feats on planet Earth was the ultramarathon here in Phoenix, Arizona, known as the Havelina 100. And this is a very popular, very famous race, uh, ultra trail marathon race here in the McDowell Mountain Park region in Phoenix, Arizona. And not only did she just do an ultra marathon, but she really did the 100 mile race version. They have a couple different versions here um, and got the famous belt buckle. I believe that's what it is at the end of it. Um, so I'm really excited to see share her story and her journey and just learn a little bit more about what got her into the sport and of ultra running and all the things that come with running a hundred mile race. I know for me, I was super, I just found it so exciting to watch her. We had this little group chat on the Trace Penis, uh, Desert Penis <laughs> team. And I was waking up like every couple hours in the middle of the night, checking it to see if there were updates to see how Jade was doing. Um, because I I was very invested from afar. It was really cool. It gave me goosebumps just watching little pieces of it here and there. So really excited to chat with her on this, on the share her story here. Um, and we're just going to kind of dive right in. But first, Jade, how's the week going? How are you feeling after your 100-mile race? Well, th- thanks for making me feel like a celebrity. Um, well, and it's just, it, it's just really fun to hear people were following along. Um, because it is so much my journey, but it's it's just it's really fun to hear that people were invested. But to answer your question, surprisingly, I feel amazing. I think it took 24 hours to like get the kinks out of my system, mainly because we drove home within an hour of finishing the race. Oh my goodness, which is not ideal. But um, actually, by Tuesday, I was like, okay, when can I run again? Like, let's let's do this. The brain fog was real. Um, that lasted like eight days, but oh, I, f- wow. I feel really good. I'm really happy. Awesome. Cause yeah, we're now, are we almost two weeks post? We are a week and two days, which is weird. It feels days. like okay. a lifetime ago, but yeah, just about a week ago I finished. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Awesome. And so, uh, you did the hundred mile in, I can't remember your time exactly. Was it 25 hours? Um, 20, 27 and change, 27 and a half, maybe awesome. um, forever, pretty much sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> sums it up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, I just kind of want to hear, let's just start off with, I have some other questions that we'll kind of go into kind of throughout, but uh, tell me about the day. How was it? Has it sunk in that you completed something this, this incredible? Um, how are you feeling about it? Um, yeah. Let's just dive dive into it a little bit here. I don't know about you, like when you finish an Ironman or at least your first Ironman, it seems so impossible. Like prior to the event, it seems so impossible. And I will tell you that for me, it wasn't the physical aspect that was challenging for me, though it's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It's hard. I am a mental case. So for me, believing that I could do it was the hardest part. So post-race, it's almost like I still can't believe I did something that seems so impossible, if that makes sense. And that same with my Ironman. Mm-hmm. It's like in, yes. 
you think it's so impossible that you don't believe it, that you did it. Like it took me three years to get like my Ironman tattoo. I have like a little 140.6 on my arm because mm-hmm. it's so hard to imagine you could do hard things for me. Everything I say will be like yeah. my own opinion. Um, so mm-hmm. it's weird when people are like, oh my God, congrats on your race. Like when your neighbors hear about it. And I think back and I'm like, but is it that impossible? I did it. Like, not that I'm taking mm-hmm. away from that distance, but it's like, holy crap, I did do it. So it's not impossible. Yeah. That's kind of where my mind is at right now. It's it's really weird. I just want to tell everyone, I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> I love that because it is one of those where it's such a vast unknown and it's extremely, yes, the distance is technically a tangible distance because you can like say, yeah, that's, I just have to do a hundred miles. I mean, not just, but I have to do a hundred miles. Yeah. Like that's that benchmark, but everything that goes into it is very, is, is very hard to, to grasp mentally. And mm-hmm. even then, once you do it, it's, it is kind of that, wow, like, okay, I did just do that, but what really did, what really just happened? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, what did I just do? <laughs> it's so weird because I felt so prepared. Like everyone asks, like, how hard, how hard is it? And it's hard, mm-hmm. but I felt good. And I can't say that often because races do not often come together for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt physically ready. And that was the best oh. part. And I finally felt at ease race day morning. Oh, that's awesome. Like it, there was what nowhere else to was, go. Yeah. What do you think was maybe different for you this time around? I think being present, like I really enjoyed the weekend. And I think seeing um, Chelsea on our team, um, on our Trace Penis team, was my pacer mm-hmm. um, from miles 60 to 80. And then my friend Troy was uh, my second pacer for miles 80 to 100. And I was really fortunate that Chelsea came out uh, maybe in the summer. And so the three of us got to get together and they formed a relationship. And I knew it because like I chose my pacers accordingly, like who could handle mm-hmm. my mental issues and who who would have the most fun, you know, because that's always a, a weird thing for me too. I just wanted to enjoy the moment. Obviously, I'm not going for time. Yeah. Um, and finally being in the weekend, put my mind at ease. Like everyone was getting along. And maybe they, I have no idea. I guess you could ask them on a behind the scenes, but like, in my opinion, everything was going well. We were having a great time. They were enjoying everything, the weekend. Um, and I could see it in them coming in from loops, preparing for it. Like we were just having a good time. Really. It was a party. It was a party in the desert. Truly. Yeah. And do you feel like that maybe that, the, I mean, coming, this was one of those, I mean, yeah, not doing an Ironman or, long, you know, long course triathlon, it is very team oriented, but these races, these ultra iron, the not, sorry, not ultra Ironmans, but these ultra marathons are, you have to have the right team around you. And, um, it sounds like that was a big catalyst into you feeling a lot more relaxed. It was. And I think in general for me, this was a team effort. Like from the moment I signed up, it was a team effort. And I know that's weird. It was definitely, I didn't do it alone, whether it was my coach or Troy and Chelsea from the very get-go, they believed in me and were excited before I was. And that kept me going. And I had to be consistent because I faced two 
freak injuries this year, which was so stupid. I wanted to quit like three times and just say like, oh, I'll just transfer to next year. But it, it just, it worked. I don't know. It was, it's weird. And I absolutely 110% could not do it without the team for sure. Cause this team is unique, as you know, like people I don't mm-hmm. know or talk to often or like interact with on social reached out like Becky, for example, mm-hmm. Becky Arnold, not our Becky team manager. I, I posed a question mm-hmm. about compression socks. She's like, I have plenty. Try these. She sent me two pairs of compression socks. I know that sounds trivial. Um, but like all these people were rooting for, it felt like Rudy, that movie, Rudy, like I am your average Joe. Yeah. I am a 15 hour Ironman. I'm a four hour marathon. Like hell was coming, you know, I was doing it and people were just wanting me to succeed and having that team behind me for people. I know we're on a team, but they didn't have to take that extra effort or energy and do that. And then to have my close knit support system, like my closer teammates on the team and Chelsea and Troy, my pacers, like it was happening. Like I just had to keep telling myself, like, this is bigger than me. This is people coming together. This is you have to believe in yourself. I'm teaching a lesson. I'm going to encourage someone to try something difficult. This is, you know, people ask your whys and like, are you doing it for you? No, I was doing it for the greater good. I'm doing it for all of us people who wish the younger version of us could say, there are women who are going to support you. You know, like it, it, it's crazy. And I think I just went on a tangent to answer your question, but I absolutely couldn't do this no, without. I'm tearing up here. <laughs> You know, it's weird. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's a unique situation. And to have, to have that is really special. And I think that's, what's important about this team to me is being a collegiate athlete. You're just taught to compete and to fight for that spot or to fight for that scholarship, you know, or to beat out a player on that position and it, and all of that for four years. And I'm, I'm not saying it was terrible. I absolutely loved my college career. Um, but I do wish that we could tell the the younger generations and and the younger you know us that there are women that will support you and that will empower you and encourage you and not be there to be better than you and i think that kept me going too like you can we can do this we can do this together and so this was it is it was a team effort that was my tangent yeah no that was beautiful so beautiful i was getting like almost wanted to cry a little bit cuz it's so intoxicating too. And, 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 and that's like, you talked about how you do struggle with maybe believing in yourself a little bit, but sometimes we do, we need those outside people to just lift us up and believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we put ourselves in that type of environment, it's hard not to believe that you can do something. A hundred percent. I just, I was just texting Troy now, my pacer, he's taking on his first 50 miler um, in December. And now I get to return the favor and pace him. And awesome. He's like, well, how are you feeling? You know, are you sure, you know, you want to do this? I'm like, I could take on Everest. Let's go. And it's like, now I, now I feel like I can do anything. It would be at snail mm-hmm. pace, but I feel like I could do anything. Um, but yeah, I, I do think for anybody on the team who is listening, like we're in this together, <laughs> life, sport, yeah. you know, whatever, like just keep lifting each other up. Cause it is, like you said, it, it and got you through a hundred miles. I mean, uh, you know, that's a challenging yeah. thing to do. Um, 
Awesome. Um, so, you know, kind of in, you know, he, you're just talking about how your pacer, uh, Troy was, is now doing 50. Why, why did you choose the hundred milers? How, had you been doing ultra marathons kind of previously? I know running <laughs> is definitely a background of yours, but, um, um, I'm, why the I'm, miler? <laughs> I'm laughing because I did my first 50 K this year and then I went straight to the hundred. I've never done an ultra in my life. Um, it's oh always goodness. been, I know it's so crazy. It's like, go big or go home. I did the same with my Ironman. It like took me longer to drive to my first sprint than it did to do the race. I was like, I might as well do an Ironman. Um, right. I was a sprinter in high school. So 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. But I had a coach. Her name was Coach Apodaca, and I remember her. She was just a great coach. You always have that one coach. Um, she did 100 miles. And I was like, dude, the 800 meter was the worst distance for me. Like, who the hell would run oh, that's a terrible the distance. 800? <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely not. I was the 100, <laughs> 200 relay. And then you get into, you know, long distance. I, I'm a, I've only done two fulls. Um, but she always did the 100. I always was like, I'm going to one day. Like, could I do it one day? So for... 20 years. I'm like, maybe I could do it. Fast forward. Um, Troy paced another friend of ours last year at the Javelina. And he was like, if you don't run it, I'm just going to go back and pace. Like we might as well, like just do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. Last year I kind of got more into running. Um, I had battled an injury for like six years and I finally like felt good in this 10 mile race I did. And I was like, I think I'm going to sign up for a full marathon and actually race it and then do like sign up for Javelina. The day before you're supposed to sign up for Javelina, Troy sent me a picture of him and his mug. He's like, be like Nike and just do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll see, you know, and you had to sign up at midnight on New Year's. I'm not a big New Year's mm-hmm. person. So I set my alarm and I'm like, if I get in, then it's fate. Like then I get in. Well, mm-hmm. little did I know I was the fourth to sign up because I was bid number four. <laughs> so, Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I'm doing it. I had actually signed up for I am California also. Because I was like, I'm going to oh, do a big yes. race. I turned 40 in a few months. I was like, I'm going to do something big before 40. It was either going to be IMCA or the 100. And so I got a refund for I Am California. And I ended up um, in Javelina. And two other members from our run club um, also got in and signed up also. So I actually had some accountability, though they are much faster. They're the sub-24 group. Um, we had a little group, I guess you could say, going. So it wasn't anything that like, I'm a super ultra runner. I'm into it. I have definitely learned that the trail community is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very different and I'm not saying roadies or triathletes are not nice. It's just different. It's just absolutely different. Um, and so I've really learned to love it. And I went out to McDowell to do a 50 K, um, with Chelsea and Audra from the team and it was horrible. They probably oh, no. won't tell you that, but it's absolutely horrible for me. And I was like, how are we going to do this in October, you guys? Um, but we had some chuckles and we stuck with it and I did it. I don't, I would do it again, not anytime soon, but I think I would do yeah. it again or at least even like a hundred K or a 60 K. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a trailie, but I'm hooked now for sure. Yeah. That's so fun. I love that. So kind of, you know, I like how you're just you kind of just say good segue here into talking about how you kind of fell in love, well, hooked, fell in love with trail running to an extent. Um, talk to me a little bit about the prep for this. What'd that look like for you? You know, it's funny. It's way easier. Like I would rather train for a hundred miles than a marathon any really? day. It The trails, I mean, and, and you've got to know, especially being a pro athlete, road beats you up. Like never would you go 
for a 20 mile run on a Saturday and another 20 mile run on a Saturday. Like you're just, you're beat up on the trails. I only ran four days a week training for a hundred miles. Um, and my volume wasn't terribly high. I think my peak week was 60 miles. Um, but I averaged between like 32 and 42 a week. And it really just consisted of Tuesdays were some sort of, let's just call it speed work, hill repeats, track work, whatever, pickups. Mm -hmm. Thursdays was always just time on your feet, usually on the trail. And then Saturday, Sunday was, was your back-to-back longer runs. So I was always volume-based first miles. Um, but I Mm -hmm. seem to average five miles in an hour. So, um, just your, you know, you'd go three hours on Sunday and three hours on Saturday or two and three or four and two or however. And I never felt stronger. Um, I had a little bit of an injury, so I did a lot of walking of the hills. I also Mm -hmm. live in a very hilly place. Hoveling itself is not hilly, super hilly. No. Um, but here it's like, I can often just go for like a chill run because no matter what I'm hitting, 1500 in elevation. Um, mm-hmm. but that, and then luckily being a multi-sport, I would bike. It's like, I already forgot. It was just last week. I would swim on Fridays, <laughs> bike on Wednesdays and then lift in yoga. My coach was really good about, mm-hmm. um, I love hot yoga and then being in the desert, you know, hot yoga really helped prepare for that. And then leading yep. up about two weeks prior to the race, I did sauna training and I a hundred percent didn't feel the heat at Havelina, which is yeah, weird because Havelina, I don't know if you know, has a 52% DNF rate. So half of the people oh, I started I with did not finish. And that's sad wow. too, because I couldn't imagine all of that training mm-hmm. to not finish. And I know it happens and I know everyone's journey is different. And I do believe if they didn't finish, it happened for a reason, but it's 50%. Like that's crazy. Um, so I really feel like if you were able to heat train or had access to a sauna, that was probably one of the key success factors because yeah. it, well, you live out there. It's such dry heat. Holy smokes. Very dry. Very dry. And chapstick was my best friend. But I think that's like between all of that volume and, and hot yoga and then leading up to it, like I felt good. Like you're tired, yeah. but I felt good. Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's very different wear and tear on your body for sure. Yeah. Did you do anything specific to kind of prep yourself for having to um, uh, race through the night? I should have. I should have. That was one of my number one concerns. I go to bed at 8.30, 9-ish. You know, I don't have kids. I live the luxury of whatever. So we did this 50K out there. um, Mm -hmm. And it was a disaster because it started at night. It was like a 5.30 or 6 p.m. start. And I say it was a disaster because if you ask Chelsea, she's like, it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, for you. But <laughs> it felt like I, one for me. <laughs> because I have to start a race semi-fasted. Like that's how I roll. And you have the whole day leading up to this race to eat. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you're just off. Your nutrition, I guess for me, starting a race was off. And so then I forgot to eat. And then it was night. But I felt good at this race because I didn't get tired. We finished at like 1.30 in the morning. I know it's nothing like going through the night. But I was like, oh, that wasn't bad because I was hanging out with my friends. Even though I felt like I want to throw up, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I probably should have done some lack of sleep or like get up at 3 a.m. I'm an early bird anyway. So we did do some like 4.30 a.m. runs. 
Um, but I didn't do anything to prep through the night. And it hit me once, like my breakdown at Havelina was way before anyone expected. It was going into loop three, which uh, 22 was maybe only mile 42. And I had like a Jesse Spano moment. I don't know if you're a Saved by the Bell person where she was like, I'm so excited. I'm so scared. All I wanted to do was sleep. And we did not sleep the night before. The campground was so noisy. Like my husband thinks we only got like 90 minutes of sleep the night before. So I was like, I'm going to bed. And my husband was like, you are not, you have to dig deep. And he's not, uh, actually he signed up for 50K, but he's not like a super athlete. He's not an Ironman. He was like, looked at me and I took him so seriously because he knew I probably, if I would have closed my eyes, fallen asleep. So that was a little weird for me. Um, but yeah. It's it's a weird thing going through the night because in Iron Man you just finish. It's like it's dark, but you're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go to bed at least just a little bit later than normal. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And you're out there in the <laughs> desert, and the desert at night is a terrifying place. <laughs> but you know what, Kayla? It was a full moon. You never I don't know. know remember what's last Sunday? Out. It was so cool. Yes. It wasn't as dark, and so you have this full moon. And all of these people, and I don't know if you know, in the middle of the 100 miler or the event there, they actually do a one lap costume run. So in the middle of us being like absolutely exhausted, you kind of get a sense of like zest and rejuvenation because all of a sudden there's all these fun people who are like laughing and having a good time and in costume and, you know, they'll go by and they'll see your face and they're like, don't worry, we're only doing one lap. And I'm like, have fun. See ya, you know? (laughs) But <laughs> wish I was too. No, but it was really cool. They really run the event well. So it kind of keeps you going. Um, and there are some people, side note, who run the entire 100 miles in a costume. And I'm not talking like a tutu. I'm talking like fully committed costumes. It's so oh crazy. Goodness. It's so crazy, but so cool. And I think that's probably why it's known as the party in the yeah. desert. Like people are truly just having a good time. Well, that's what I was going to ask because it seemed like from watching on social media and just, you know, paying attention that it really seemed like it was a huge party. Um, yeah. I still look at pictures from that, did that help the shared, you know, albums we have. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Chelsea and Troy didn't even tell me they bought dinosaur costumes and put themselves in a costume contest. Like there's <laughs> a whole nother story to be said like I, that I don't even know about. It, it's just crazy. It's just it is so people are having beers like you have to run through everyone's crew tents and people mm-hmm. just are drinking beers cheering for you as you're running by and you're like cool thanks hi great uh, yeah go okay i can do this you know you put on the smile like okay it's not so bad you know but i'm like wait you're having a beer mm-hmm. <laughs> like i want to join you i want to sit down <laughs> I, I you know it's funny i did partake i don't even like beer and i had a beer that's not true i had a quarter of a beer and chelsea's like you're having a beer and chelsea's husband's like yeah so I chugged like a quarter of it and like a mile later it came up. <laughs> oh no. Yes. That sounds about right. <laughs> oh no. Whatever. I was trying to be like in the moment and have some fun with everyone in the tent and it sounded good. And everyone's like, yeah, carbs. And eat. cause I'm not a, a big eater. That was kind of a big thing for me. I don't eat. Um, mm. So was that a was that a challenge then for this race? Because you do have to feel. I mean, you're out there for 27 hours. Fueling um, yourself is paramount. Um, it's, that must have been a very challenge if you, if you struggle with it. 
it's a thing. It's a thing because in the trail world, um, people eat like the aid stations are like carne asada quesadillas, New York strip steak, cheeseburgers, bean and cheese burritos, um, random stuff. And people eat this. Like people stop and they're like, look at this buffet. And I'm like, how? How? Because I struggle. So it is known prior to this race that I don't like to eat. It's a thing. When it's hot out, um, when I'm racing, it's a thing. So talk to coach on the way out. And I'm like, we have got to figure this out because now I'm like starting to stress. And when I stress, I don't want to eat. Like it's, you know, I'm getting anxious. And so we preloaded my liquids with even more. I use scratch, the super carb. So every lap is roughly 20 miles. I had around 1200 calories in my bladder and I was going through almost a full bladder each lap. And then I would take a gel every hour, um, like a hundred calories for a spring gel. And then it was a bonus if I could eat something at the aid station. It was like a game for me. Like, could I have a piece of potato? Can I eat a watermelon? Um, Whatever. And that was the plan. And for me, it worked. I probably Mm -hmm. needed more. And, you know, I took salt every 25 minutes um, out there. But it works for me. And I've always been that way. Um, So I really enjoyed it. I will say at lap five, Troy was like, okay, we got to go. Like, we're going. We have plenty of time. But, like, let's go. And I was like, but there's pancakes. Mm -hmm. And he was like, pancakes? And I'm like, I've gone four and a half laps not wanting to eat a thing. But these freaking pancakes smelled delicious. And I had one. And he was like, oh, you should have another if you ate it. Oh, my God. I want a third. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, now you're going to eat? And I was like, let's eat pancakes. So we stayed. And it was like this weird anomaly. I'm like, okay, we're eating pancakes. And he's like, well, you only have 10 miles left. Let's go. And I was like, okay. So it wasn't until the very last lap that I found something I could eat. But it it is interesting. And you don't realize how much you need. Like, if I think about it, I'm like, I had at minimum 1,500 calories mm-hmm. a lap. Yeah. But you're still on your feet. Like, that. It, it's just, it's, ama- it's crazy to me. It, yeah. 27 hours. And now I'm in this situation. I haven't quite adjusted this past seven, eight days. Um, I mm-hmm. eat but I get really full really easily. And I love to eat. Like, trust me, I love to eat and I can't get my weight back. It's so weird. Like the Monday after the race, I was the same. And then Tuesday to this Tuesday, I'm like still down eight pounds and I'm like trying, like, I don't want to lose anymore. Like I would like to start training again. So it's been really interesting. And people say your body takes time to adjust from that, but it's like, it's not like I sprinted the thing. Like I took my time clearly I sat down, I tried to be like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I exerted my body at intensity, I guess I should say, which has been really weird because it's, I feel like I should be starving and I'm not. So it, it's been a weird nutrition journey, I guess, to answer your question, because yeah. I don't know about you. Like, can you just take a gel? Like to me, I get sick of it. I'm like, eh, it's cool. Not for me. Yeah, I had to train my I had to train myself to be able to. I used to be like that where I would go I would do like a twenty mile run with nothing. Right. And when I realized that I wanted to 
to be able to do things at a, at a higher intensity and longer and stuff like that, I had to start eating. So I actually trained, basically just trained my gut to be able to handle, um, yeah. Calories. And that's sometimes hard. So like at Cabo, at Cabo, it is at Cabo this weekend. I took in 10 gels Oof. on the run. Ooh. Um, and it wasn't enough. I needed one, I needed one more. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I just said that was really interesting. Like, I, I think that's, I like how you said, like, it worked for me though, because I think that's the key with any of these things. You have to find what works for you. Yeah. And you, you took what you know about yourself and know about your body and know about all these things and you m- morphed it into, Hey, this is the plan that I think that would work. And maybe there's a better plan. Who knows? Yeah. But you don't know. Because nobody wants to feel miserable, as you know. Like feeling nauseous in yeah. a race is the worst. It's like I'd rather yeah. be walking and limping with a pain than like feel nauseous. I don't know. Nauseous. Just horrible. Um, awesome. So I um I kind of want to see touch base a little bit on hearing kind of what were your highs and what were your lows of the week. So maybe let's start with let's start with some highs. Like what were some high points? of the race because I know that I mean you know, we know there is plenty um just alongside as many lows there's just as many highs usually I I let me think about this I I don't think I can stress it enough but I had the best crew like I really did and so coming in even though I could have been on a low seeing them was the high and my husband, he, this was the first time, um, Josh was e- really immersed in it. Like, oh, fine. you know, at a, at a, a race, I mean, even now marathons, he's like, do you want me there? I'm like, no, you know, it's like another run or yeah. another, whatever. Yeah. Um, Ironmans are like, he enjoys the vibe of Ironman events. Um, but you know, they kind of hang out for a couple hours or just come to the finish mm-hmm. here. He was thrown in the middle and the entire thing, because you don't really sleep. You're waiting for me to come in. You know, everyone's there. Mm-hmm. And even though I know he was stressed because he worries about me, I look at the photos and like he had a good time without like in this community. And yeah. I think it was really cool for me to have him immersed in it so he could get a taste of like what I have been falling in love with. Um, and I think there's a photo I posted um, on my Instagram I was I I honestly wish I had more in me at my finish. <laughs> I was yeah. just blank. I was blank, but I remember seeing his face and it made me relieved because oh good. You know, there's like mm-hmm. spouses go through it too. You know, whether yeah. it's like he says it's the grocery bill for me that I notice cuz you just eat <laughs> so damn much. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> Um, but it, it was a really special moment because it, I feel like we both were like, holy shit, like we, 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 did, we it. did it. Um, so that was a super high, high for me. Um, I will say there's a few standout people and, um, on the course, Becky and Lauren, for example, there's these names, like there's people that made this event memorable for me because even though we were only together for a couple miles, those couple miles are like ours several mountain, whatever. Um, and this couple, or I'm saying couple this duo, um, Becky from San Diego and Lauren from Durango, Colorado. I thought they did this together. Like 
after a few like run-ins, you know, kind of like Iron Man, go back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so lucky to have each other because they were just in it together. And she's like, oh, we just met like a couple of miles ago. And I'm like, what? Oh but my this, gosh. This bond they formed, they were like, just explaining to me, they kind of, you know, they meshed, they, you know, loved each other's company. They kind of had the same pace and they were just using each other to get to laps four and five, which was our pacers. And I think we all knew at that point, like once we got to lap four, we could do it. Um, but to see this bond mm -hmm. on the trail from two absolute strangers that I was convinced they were best friends, like was really cool. And I had a similar run in with this guy, Mark, the master's swim coach from Utah, which uh, like, that's, that's where I say like this community is amazing. He wasn't, he wanted me to win this race. Like he was encouraging. And it wasn't until like he said bye. He was like, oh, I'm done. I'm only doing the 100K. And he carried me for like six miles um, of just like encouragement. Where are you from? Like all of these things. And you don't realize like everyone just is rooting for you. Like everyone, people who are way faster than you, people who are way slower than you, the volunteers. And I think for me, the, the highest of highs was really getting to know that the trail community really like loves you. Like they are supporting you and want what's best. And to yeah. me, that's like the biggest takeaway and the biggest high from that weekend for sure. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you said, the bond, like you have a bond with every single person out there now that even if you didn't yeah. spend time with them, you still have a bond with them. Yeah. And the, in like the first six miles, we, for whatever reason, it seemed like the longest part of the race. Cause it, takes you to the super exposed switchback. But there was like a bunch of us who made call signs for each other. Grown, grown ass adults were like, love it. we had Hawaii Five-0, we had Pop-Tart, Louie, like it was so funny. And I posted on the Facebook page for Havelina. I'm like, hey, if you were call sign Pop-Tart, if you were Lauren from Dre, whatever. And we all found each other. Oh my gosh. Like yay. after the, so that was really cool nonetheless. But yeah, the things you do yeah. for that. But I, I don't know if I can pinpoint a low for you because I feel like this was my best mental game. And I think Chelsea would say the same because mm -hmm. I think at one point she was like, I'm so proud of you. This is the best mindset you've had. And I'm like, this is crazy. I will say, I, I mean, besides my mental breakdown of like just wanting to go to bed, that was probably my lowest of lows. But for some mm -hmm. reason, my feet were on fire. I was convinced there was <sighs> daggers on fire stabbing the soles of my feet. And I don't know if it's the terrain of mm -hmm. Havelina because it's super rocky. It's super rocky and super runnable. Like most ultras aren't very runnable for those not in the ultra yeah. world. Um, some are technical. There's a lot of climbing. You use poles. Like this is very runnable. And I'm, I don't know if I just wasn't prepared for that or if the rocks were hot. Mm. I mean, I don't know. But I a lot yeah. of my laps four and five sitting and walking I asked for an ice bucket like that was probably the hardest part and like at one point I questioned if I would finish not that I wasn't going to finish but like I kept remembering like do I still have time bank that I could soak my feet like do I have enough time to just sit like that was my number one worry at that point oh, um yeah but I'm really really lucky Kayla that I at least I don't remember super lows yeah. And I think that's just because I went in going, this is, I'm going to be present. I don't care about time. I care about finishing because um, mm -hmm. I don't want to let anyone down, you know, myself, the crew. Um, and I really went in with gratitude. Like, 
I know that's kind of like goofy to say because everyone says it, but it no, is really a mindset shift it's when you so can powerful. go in. It, it, it truly is. And I'm a testament because if you ask any one of me or go look at my time, like I am a mental, you know, head case. I don't often say I finished strong or like, I'm like it, it for me just changed that race. And like I said, chugging a beer, like I was just going to do whatever to have fun and to be in the moment. And, and I did, and I'm lucky. Um, and don't suggest, um, smoothies, top ramen and a quarter of a beer because it's not fun coming back up. But if you live in, <laughs> it was really fun in the moment. <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? I remember Chelsea looking at it because, yeah. you know, she wants to make sure she's like, no, okay, we're good. It's, we're good. It, it's exactly just no bile. There's no nothing like it. It came out exactly as it went in. I'm like, great, let's move on. Here we go. <laughs> I think I puked and rallied more with Chelsea than I did in college. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, so bad. But it, yeah, that was my only. Oh. And pee. I mean, you have to just yeah. go. Like, you go in the desert. You just. Yeah, you just. Kind of okay like on it. the bike. You just go on the bike. Yeah. You just kind of go on the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so there is. I'm, and I'm assuming there is a time cutoff. You were talking about how you were doing a bunch of mental math to like, do I have time to sit down? Mm-hmm. Do I have time to soak my feet? You have 30 hours to complete 100 miles and okay. um, it, you'd be but surprised. You at um, I finished. Yeah. I, I did well. I mean, but you think there's you, people who do it in like weird. almost three hours. Yeah. It could go Amazing. so much. If you spend a lot of time, I can definitely see like Chelsea was our little crew chief and she had, it was like NASCAR. They had it down to a T when I came in and, and we talked about that too. Like I was only going to talk to Chelsea um, just so we could like funnel information through one person and, you know, she would disseminate through, you know, the others. Um, and I, it truly was NASCAR. Like I come in, I tell her what I ate, drank, you know, I peed, I was really fortunate. I peed twice every loop. Um, and then okay. she had me in and out within 10 minutes. I think my longest pit stop was 15 minutes. Um, but it can easily add up, especially if you stop at the other aid stations because they have dance parties yeah. there at the halfway point. There's a full DJ, there's a full bar. Um, there's a dance floor. Like wow. you can easily get carried away just at the halfway point aid station by like having a good time. Um, so it, there yeah. is a cutoff. A lot of people, which is crazy, like two women in our group ran under 24 hours, which is wild, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I also would never try and go faster because I just truly felt like I got to experience it all, like yeah. a little bit of each aid mm-hmm. station, a little bit of hanging out with my crew. Like it, it was fun. Like I don't ever feel like I have to go back and like try and break 24, yeah. <laughs> nor could I, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> not in my yeah. future. <laughs> so when you were, I, you know, you talk, talked a lot about how the crew was kind of the, the key, one of the key pieces for you. Um, so talk to me a little bit. How, how did you set that all up? Like, did you have a plan for each? Because right there's five five laps, and so mm-hmm. did you have a plan for after lap one? We have this specific plan, lap two, this specific plan, um, and you try to follow that to the best of your ability. Um, it, yeah, this is just there's just so much that goes into it. It's so fascinating. Yes, and I felt like we were very over prepared, which I wouldn't change because I'm super Type A. Um, but we had a shared doc like months leading into this. Um, Troy and Chelsea are experienced crew and pacers, which is great because Troy has paced our friends. Chelsea's uh, paced her husband. So she's very familiar in the world. So I was really lucky to have knowledge 
coming into this. Um, Mm -hmm. And after each lap, I had an idea. I would imagine it's like your birthing plan where it's like, this is exactly how I want it to go. And then here's options B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. (laughs) And we, I knew um, I had wanted to do a change going into the nighttime. Um, So I had like labeled my bags like nighttime and that was everything. Socks, underwear, you know, sports bra. Um, I changed shoes and that's purely because you're so wet. You're dousing yourself with ice starting at like 7 a.m. So I knew I just wanted to be dry and clean. Um, I did a shirt change prior to that because I was just so salty and wet. And I knew that my lap three would get me into the night because I don't think I came in until 10 p.m. So I just said, I'm not going to ice anymore. It's later in the day. Um, change my shirt and move on. And I, so I had all my bags laid out, day clothes, potential change, nighttime, potential change, mm-hmm. lap four, full change, accessories for day, accessories for night, you know, so whether that was headbands or arm sleeves, bandanas, earmuffs, I, I had everything. And so we went pretty much to plan. And then the crew knew, like we would, we met the night before and went over my nutrition and was like, this is what I think I'm going to want during the day. You know, I love top ramen, you know, like kind of the similar thing to the chicken broth and Iron Man's like it's gold. I love bacon. Well, it's funny. They went, <laughs> they had to find someone and a grill to cook this bacon because I love bacon and I can eat it all the time. I didn't have one piece of bacon. Oh I my took goodness. a bite. It wanted me to gag. I felt so bad. They were so proud. They got it all cooked and baggied for me. So I guess, you know, you never know what you're going to feel like, yeah. but that was like the general plan. And because I'm so picky when it comes to food, there was only a few things out like pretzels and Nutella were really good for me, the noodles. Um, and then I had seen um, Sally McRae, who's a well-known distance runner uh, in her Tahoe. She actually went 100K without eating. And then going into her last miles, her husband gave her a fruit smoothie. And I was like, that's brilliant. Sugar, calories, yeah. liquid, which I know I can do. So I had packed without even practicing two like Odd Wallace smoothies. And that was a lifesaver for me. Not a lifesaver because I was doing well, but it definitely brought me to life. Awesome. So we had those out, Topo Chico and Mexican Coke. Yeah. That and that was like my go-to. I have no That's idea awesome. what my crew ate, but for me, <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, that worked. But it's funny how it can change, like in an instance. Mm-hmm. Like I for sure was like going to have this, and that went to hell. Well, and like you said, all of a sudden you wanted pancakes, and yeah, you never you know. It's so weird. Three or four pancakes. <laughs> Is there one thing that you like? I wish I had had, I wish I had had this that you did not have. I don't think so, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I felt. Yeah, it sounds like you're super prepared, which is amazing. We, and in like at the crew tent specifically, we had stuff like first aid. I mean, we had everything. We didn't need it. Thank God. Um, Tums. I ate Tums. Um, apparel wise. I mean, no, I, I truly felt like physically I was prepared. Apparel, mm-hmm. I was prepared. Yeah. Nutrition, I had a plan like. I guess if anything, which I teeter with regretting and not regretting is I didn't run with my phone, which I usually do. I would have been journeying or documenting this journey from my ankle sprain to peeing in the woods, like all of that. And I chose not to bring my phone Um, and I love it. But at the same time, I met so many people and I had so many beautiful views and, and the aid stations like Chelsea and Troy captured a lot, but I, I didn't capture like my view. And it's not a regret, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's that, that teeter of being present, but mm-hmm. wanting to show people like what I saw and the people I met. Um, yeah. 
So that'd be like the one little thing. Yeah, I I understand that. I actually feel similar. I just got back from Cabo this weekend, and I went to yeah, go congrats, by show the way. my kids some pictures of the weekend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and I realized I didn't take any pictures. I have none, none from the weekend besides like <laughs> two pictures of a sunset and a picture of an airplane because my kids like airplanes. And I'm like, I got nothing, nothing to show for this weekend. <laughs> it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's like the funny feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You know. Yeah. And it's weird because what did we do without phone? I mean, I know that's – I'm at the cusp of like – I didn't have Facebook in college. Like that's how old I am. But yet we want a document. But at the same time, I still feel like I'm battling with just staying present and not doing that. So I get it. It's a weird thing for sure. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, I know you – so you kind of touched on some of this already a little bit with kind of like just the race in general. But is there something like – what kind of – I like to talk about mindsets, my favorite thing to talk about, um, mm-hmm. and kind of what what helps us stay motivated and dedicated and all those things. Um, so a couple of things, a couple of questions on that. Like, one, what kind of kept you going throughout your whole prep for the race? And you can kind of mesh these together as you feel yep. you want to answer them. But what kind of kept you going through the prep for it? Because training for a 100-miler, even though, yeah, you technically said you only didn't have huge volume, but yeah. it's a long prep. Um so what kept you kind of motivated and dedicated for that? And then during the race, like what what kept you going through each loop? Because it, even though you experienced so many beautiful highs, there yeah. you, you're, you're you're alone for a long time in your head. Um, <laughs> what kept you going? I, yeah, this is going to be a loaded question, and I'm I'll apologize in advance. Uh, and this is it's funny you say you're alone with your thoughts. <laughs> the first thing Troy said was like. I don't know if I want you to be alone with your thoughts for so long because I will be the first to admit, like I am, like I've always said, I am the mental mind case. I cried so many times leading into this, just fear and anxiety. And that's just who I am. I come, I'm going to give you the real Cliff Notes version as to my why. I have lost four family members to suicide, one uncle and three cousins. Mm-hmm. I myself was on a 5150 of December, 2002. And when I say I, I didn't really race for myself, I didn't. I race for those who don't think they can. Because there are people who think you can't get through the shitstorm. And I was almost one of them. And it's been amazing. Like, you think it's so hard. And even if I didn't finish this race, I would have tried something hard again. And that's why I do, I did Ironman. I hate it. Triathlon to me is terrible. But if we don't challenge ourselves and do hard things, we don't know what we can overcome. And I think what kept me going through this training was running for those who can't, whether it's disabled, they're not here anymore, disease, whatever, but also thinking of those who think it's so hard that you can't do something. Like I can't imagine not knowing that all of this good would come, the good, the bad, and the ugly in life. And it's hard to think about. And it's hard to think about my cousins were all my age, except for one, you know, and I don't want to say it's the easy way. I mean, mental illness is such a hard thing to talk about. And, Mm -hmm. and for me, it wasn't, it was more of a cry for help, not knowing how to deal with my emotions, but Mm -hmm. we can do hard things and life is beautiful on the other side or the people you'll meet, the teammates. That's why I keep saying like this team, though, I'm not super active and the chats I'm listening. Like I don't have the energy sometimes to do that because I am such a mental mind of. Um, but like 
feel you on that that's, one. That's my why, because we can do hard things. Now, whether that hard thing is your first 5K, going back to school, having a kid, like whatever it is in that capacity. And I think for me, I show my family, we can do hard things, you know, to my aunt, my cousin who lost her son, like, it's not, that's terrible, but we're going to get through it together because we can do these hard things. And so my family got invested. I had like 15 people at the finish line at Javelina, um, you know, family and some Trace Penis people. And, and it truly is for them. And I know we're not supposed to do, you know, we should do it for ourselves, but this race wasn't. And that's what kept me going. And during the laps, it was just like, get back to your crew tent, like, just get back. And you know what? They're here for me. And like Chelsea and Troy, they know my story and they know my demons and, um, they're so accepting of it. And they were invested too. like, like it truly was Rudy to me. Like Chelsea's a badass. Troy's a badass. Like I keep saying, like, I'm not discounting and discrediting what I I've done, but I'm not a you, like, I'm not going to go run a sub four mare. I'm not going to go run. I can't race under 15 hours in an iron. Like I'm your average Joe trying to do and accomplish big goals and trying to tell the majority of those people, which are average Joe's like dream big and we can get through it together. And there's trolls out there. Like I have people who say, you look like you should be faster. I'm like, F off. Like we are all, we're all in this like we're all just moving forward. And I think that's like, that, that keeps me going. Like just move forward one foot, move forward. And that's, that's what I told myself this training in the laps. It's bigger than me. It, it really is. It's a community. It's a reason. And yeah, not to get all like deep and dark, but that, that was my why. And that's what keeps me going. No. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing. Like I, <laughs> yeah, that was twins. amazing. But <laughs> But anyone no, can do it. Dream I think big. it's a beautiful That's thing. Dream big. Yeah. I absolutely, I love everything you said. And thank you for being vulnerable enough and honest with yourself and, or just, you know, that desire to share. Um, because there are so many people I know that they, they can resonate with exactly what you just said. Or uh, like you said, maybe they're, they're wanting to try something, but they're too afraid to do it. And maybe hearing this is that spark that gets them to yeah. get out the door and go for that walk. Like, you know, I always totally. say that, you know, like even if it's just getting out there and going for a walk just to get that movement, like that's a big step. And yeah. if you can Amen. make that step, like you never know what you can achieve after that. Taking that first step is, is that leap of faith and that, that, you know, 15 seconds of courage. Right. Often all you need to explore whatever it is that you're going to explore. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jade. That was, um, amazing, amazing story and amazing why, um, and really sums up a lot of how, you know, as someone who is a little bit of an outsider to the trail world, like that's what I imagine the trail world embodies. And for me, that's what, for me, like, for me, that's what triathlon has always embodied. Like triathlon saved me a long time ago. And, and, and so, like you said, it's that that concept of doing hard things can be so rewarding and so powerful for us in um, in conquering whatever those demons might be that we're trying to conquer. But and to your point, vulnerability because you've been very vulnerable about and honest about parenting and racing, right? I mean, I I love that that I can't empathize. I do not have children, but a dog. Um, but that you never know, like mm-hmm. what someone can do, say, help, empathize with, encourage who may have 
you know, been there. And Kira on our team, I've only established an Instagram relationship with because I would love to meet all of these ladies. But she had reached out to me and had said just just that. She's like, just talk about it. Cause I'm like, God, I'm so scared. Like, I'm just so scared. I, it was never the physical. I'm just so scared. And she's like, just talk about it. And it's like, you don't want to be that person like, oh, I'm racing a marathon. I'm running a marathon. Because like, I don't know if I'm going to complete it. I'm going to train for it. But she was the one who encouraged me to like mm-hmm. talk about it. And then that's when the support and the like belief started to come in. And so I encourage everyone to like, whether it's the group, the team, a friend, like share your scared thoughts with, be vulnerable, and then accept the support that comes. Because it's overwhelming. I say it all the time. It's just so overwhelming. This team is amazing. I can't say it enough. Yeah. I love that too. I love how you you just said, you know, don't be afraid. Yeah. You want to do the marathon? Talk about the marathon. If it's something that excites you and right. you become passionate about it or it scares you and you want to try it, like share the story. The people that really care are the ones that are going to show up and want to hear yeah. every detail and and they're going to want they're going to want to see you do it and cheer you on and exactly. yeah, never be afraid to never be afraid to share your story because your story can impact somebody without you even knowing it and more than more than anything sharing i have found sharing my story helped it impacted me made me better made me stronger yeah know? and so the more that we give that for you know it helps us as well totally um Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was so, so powerful and so amazing. Um, Like I said, I just, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed, I just was like, you made me want to go, made me want to go do this. <laughs> and I have never had a desire to do anything over. Hey, we'll crew you. We know how to do it. And <laughs> I was like, oh man, maybe I should think about it. <laughs> hey, um, come to the that, dark that, side. I will tell you that, that, that thought was very fleeting. <laughs> It was a very fleeting thought for me. <laughs> it will always be there when you want to come uh, but over. Who knows? You never know, right? Never, never would exactly. I imagine. That, okay, so but... my last question. Yes, I'm oh, ready. True. Yeah, that you would want to do a hundred miler. Yeah. Um. Yes. Last question. Uh, what did you feel you learned the most? Whether that's about yourself, about the race, about mindset. What was your biggest learning from doing this race? Hmm. Even though everyone, mm, trusting the process, even though we know that, and I'm sure as a coach, you have to say that often, trust the process. This was the first time it was a complete unknown for me. Like you always say, trust the process. Well, I know. Okay, I'm going to do this. I've done this before. I've done this before. Just keep trusting the process. I was blind. Obviously, I had never done anything like this. And I questioned when others are running 70 mile weeks and six days a week and all of these things, um, working with my coach who I'd been with for a little bit. And I literally had to like, let go. My girlfriend was like, you need to let go and let God. And I'm like, at this point, I've got nothing more I can do than that. Um, because I don't know, I don't know what to expect. I am not the expert. Um, and that really was probably the biggest learning that I can't, I have to let go because I'm a control freak. Um, and it worked. And mm-hmm. she would call audibles when I didn't even know she was paying attention to my fatigue scores. I mean, I know she's paying attention, you know, but like we, yeah, we just, we had a great relationship and I did have to just leave it all with um, my coach and it worked. And to anyone who's doubting or is like, why aren't I doing more or comparing themselves? I did it all the time, even as a grown 
independent, confident women. I look all the time on social media. It's like, am I doing enough? They're running more. Wow. They just did 30 miles. They didn't this time. Like trust your process, your journey, your coach, and kind of enjoy the ride, I guess is kind of um, my biggest learning. And I had the most fun. Like this is the first time I truly had to like let go and trust the process. And now look, I had the best time, the best experience. I felt the best. And so maybe there's something to it. Who knows? There is. There is. I, I There is. <laughs> I, like you said, I tell people it all the time, but sometimes it takes figuring it out for yourself to really realize it. Um, and that's about the extent of it. Well, thank you, Jade, so much for coming on and just kind of sharing your story a little bit. Um, so you said you're crewing. You are crewing for Troy. That's what's next. Anything else coming up? Nothing. I'm thinking of racing a 5K in March, pulling like Prefontaine and bringing short distance back. <laughs> there you go. Go from 100 miler to 5K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly just trying to like play it by ear and really kind of enjoy um, whatever comes up and then go from there. Well, and we met, according to the chat, we probably see you in Oceanside for Cheer Squad. Yes. Oh my gosh. I really do want to be a professional cheerleader for Trace Penis. So. Um, you'll there probably you see me pop up quite a few places. <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I had a lot of fun listening to it. And I know everybody else I appreciate will, so. you. This is my first podcast. I feel like a celebrity. So thanks for yeah. having me. <laughs> that's part of the, you know what, that's part of one of the things I wanted to do with this is just share people's stories because we all have amazing stories and so many cool things that we are experiencing and learning and growing with. And if it makes somebody else feel a little bit like a celebrity for a short amount of time frame, like <laughs> love that. And you, Going know, you, for are, it. you are a celebrity in, in your ever own right. Like, I think that's something that's important. Like you, you're not just average Jade, you're Jade. You're exactly who you need to be. And whether that means you're finishing an Ironman in 15 hours or never doing an Ironman or hundred miler and 27, right. like it doesn't matter. Like you're doing awesome things in your own way. And I'm just here to share the story and get, get a chance to speak well, to amazing you. people like this. So I, I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone. And thank you for also sharing your journey with us, you know, through social links. Um, this was fun. And I, I hope if anything that we can inspire someone to do something hard, whatever it is. To dream big. Exactly. But thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and your week and that you recover quickly. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.